0: I'll always tell it like it is that's the bottom line if you just live to exist you want borrow time don't ever let them take a so, no 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 don't ever let them take a so, no 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 i will always tell it like it is that's the bottom line if you just live to exist you want borrow time don't ever let them take a so, no 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 don't ever let them take a so, no 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 that's the bottom line. That's the bottom line, yeah that's the bottom That's the bottom line, that's the bottom line hey guys, Jim Walbrick here from The Bottom Line. Uh, welcome back. Uh, Happy New Year. Uh, very excited about my guest today, uh, Brandon Novak, who was uh, a professional skateboarder when he was a kid and you probably recognize him from the Jackass movies and um, I want to say that we met now almost a year ago at, has it been that long? It's now six months. Less. It Seems like a long time ago. Six months ago, we met, we were doing an opioid youth summit in New Orleans. Correct. And uh, And so we met, I kind of already knew who you were. Based on, not so much from the shows or from fame or anything, just from the circles that Mm -hmm. we travel in. I kind of already knew who you were and I already had heard a bunch of really good things about you and sort of uh, the message that you carry. And um, so I was excited to meet you. We met, I got to see who you were, sort of in action. And we sat down and we did a podcast and um, for those that watch the podcast, you, you, probably recognize if you watch other podcasts, there's a lot of people, it's the free kind of conversation. It's not, you know, restricted by any governing body. So you can kind of just say whatever you want. So there's a lot of grown up talk and a lot of, you know, language that for me as a guy trying to live a certain way, I do use profanity from time to time. I'm definitely not perfect, but I try to, you know, I'm trying to just carry a message in a certain way, and so when we sat down, it's just two guys talking, and so we kind of veered off a little bit, and we were both just very comfortable with each other, and so uh, we had this really great conversation, really great podcast, and I went back and looked at it, and I thought both of us were just kind of just being free with our language, right, and so I called you up, And because I was like I was I was unhappy because I was thrilled with the way the podcast came out. I was thrilled with the conversation. I was thrilled with the connection. And uh, and I went back and I looked over it and I was like, it's a couple of things. It's one. This is not the message that I want to translate to others. Right. I think it gives an untrue picture of sort of the spiritual nature of the program I belong to right? And the way I'm trying to live my life. Right. And, uh, and two is I have to go home and show it to my wife. Right. And do I want my wife to hear me in and she'll, she's quick to correct me. Sure. You're living this kind of life. Why are you still trying to live this kind of life? Why are you still trying to be that guy when you're supposed to be this guy now? And so I called you, I said, buddy, I'd love to do it again. Right. I want to do it again because it was a great conversation I want to do it again because we can do better. And I was, it was just another sort of step in a process for me, you know, because some guys might say, man, what are you talking about? That doesn't hurt anybody, whatever. And that's cool. But you were like, no, I totally get it, man. I totally get it. I understand. I agree. Yeah, let's do it again. So I thank you for that. Thank you. Thank
1: um, I'm extremely grateful to, to be here and to be, Thought of as someone who might have an in uh, a story that might be worth listening to for other people out there for you to ask me so so Initially and immediately. I'm extremely grateful to be here and uh Very similar, you know, I'd heard about you knew of your work never met you personally and and uh, I was a fan because such as myself when we do things I I believe that you're like me if I yeah, I don't have to see it to believe it. If sure. I believe it, I see it, and, yep. and I make these things happen um, with the help of a lot of things and, and my spirituality and all that. But um, so we met in New Orleans, and and I was blown away by the event that 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 you helped put together. And it, it's big, it's impactful, it makes a statement, and it leaves a memory. Yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. Uh, and and when we got in the room and we did the podcast. It it was it was flowing it was working and uh, you got home you watched it and 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 you called me up and you said we could do better and now if you would ask me you know year one of sobriety I'd sure. say what are you talking about yeah. that was as good as it will get uh, but now coming up on five years of sobriety uh, I I really uh, appreciate being held accountable uh, and being pulled up on, on things that I I could be doing better. Mm. Um, because there's a lot of things that I could, and there's a lot of room that needs improvement. Um, but my mentor, my sponsor and and people in my life, they, they, they always impress upon me. If you, if you're the smartest person in your circle, if you're the most successful person in your circle, you're in the wrong
0: circle, (laughs) you know? Yeah. Don't be the boss. Yeah. So,
1: so when you asked me that, looking at you as a mentor, looking at you as a spiritual advisor, uh, a spiritual brother. Um, I I was, I was honored to be called out on because Mm -hmm. I knew that someone expected more out of me because left to my own devices, I'll believe that that's all that that I have to give. Yeah. You know?
0: Oh, that's deep, man. I'll I'll tell you that is, that's growth, right? You said like, if you would have called me with a year, Mm -hmm. it would, the response would have been different, yes, right? Completely. If you would have called me, it, I, I, it would never been anything that I would have been able to bring up at a year. Yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. Yeah. Um, it's just sort of, you know, the journey takes you to a place, right? Like I heard the friendly reminder thousands of times, right? <laughs> thousands of times, right? To please don't use profanity. It gives an untrue picture of our spiritual program. Sure. Right. And I heard it a thousand times, it never meant anything to me. Mm-hmm. And it was always like, well, what are you talking about? And that's great. But at a certain point, if you're putting into action the things that you're learning and the things that you're doing, and certainly I don't do any of it perfectly because I was just, and it's not even about guilt, but I was doing the same thing. I was, I, The thing for me is sometimes um, I'm more likely to, uh, if I get around, old friends sometimes, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a choice to make and it's not always conscious right away. I can try to bring them up with me, right? Like if I've done all this work and all these, and I've picked up this kid of spiritual tools and I'm trying to be this person that I was maybe meant to be, um, I have a choice. I can try to bring them up or I can just drop right down, right? And just get comfortable in that, right? And do that like guy thing, whatever it is, right? It's really easy to do. And that that's way. and it's the easiest thing to do. It's more it's more likely that I'll drop down. Sure. Then, you know. And the thing is, is I'm constantly reminded that, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? Mm-hmm. We gotta take care, we gotta lift each other up. We gotta we gotta point each other in the right direction, right? We gotta be responsible to each other. And uh it wasn't easy, I don't think it was easier certainly than it would have been many years ago, but it wasn't. Still, wasn't really that easy for me to call you and say, "Yeah, I think we can do better, right?" It was. It, I wasn't totally comfortable with it because, for an instance, I'm thinking about. I want to be. You know, I'm a guy. I'm a this. I'm a that. I'm a. You know, I have this history. This I used to be this guy, which the guy I used to be is sort of what gives me credibility with the kids and the things, the work that we do, the service that we do, right? Sure. That stuff, yeah, yeah, yeah. that pain and that and that sort of, uh, you know, those dark times are what gives us credibility. It gives us depth and weight. Mm-hmm. It's what sure. makes people say, oh, used to be that guy and now you're this guy. But if I'm saying I used to be that guy and then I'm kind of still being that guy, yeah, then that's not a great example for somebody else to say, oh, you leave them nothing to aspire to.
1: Yeah. You know, where's the attraction, you know, rather than promotion at that point. Exactly. Um, exactly. You know, and if roles were reversed and I had to call you, uh, my skin would cringe. Right. Yeah. Two of my biggest defects of character is, is, is people pleasing <laughs> and yeah. confrontation. Yeah. And that comes from a childhood. My father, uh, he never held a job a day in his life he ran with the hells angels mm. taught me one thing if and when i go to prison how to conduct myself rather unsavory fellow if you will yeah. um who 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 forced kind of his family to endure a lot of things that a yeah. family shouldn't endure sure um, i've made amends with him he's long gone he's passed he's due to the disease of addiction um but because of those childhood experiences i I I literally, if, if if things escalated in this room right now, you would see me shaking like a leaf. Yeah, like I, I I lose bodily control. Mm. So therefore, people pleasing. It, it's not because I don't want you to like me. It's because yeah. I don't want you to to confront me for sure. not agreeing and and that you know. So those two <laughs> paired hand in hand. I sink and, oh and I sink and I sink. And through a lot of internal work, yep. you know, uh, uh, I've I've been able to. To, to, to get closer to the external uh, results mm. to where if a confrontation does break out, you won't yeah. see me shaking. Uh, uh, there's a little more uh, uh, validity in, in my, my voice. I, I can stand up a little taller. And
0: mm. look at you I mind. mean, we, we think about our sort of having to survive, right, All and endure all that we've survived and all that we've endured, <laughs> right? And um, you talk about people-pleasing. I can remember being in prison and being in the chow hall and walking through the chow hall and every table I stopped at, I was a different person at every one of those tables. Sure. The way I spoke, the way I, the, my <laughs> mannerisms, my, my vernacular, whatever it is, uh-huh. would change to suit the people at that table, right? Just so I would be accepted. Absolutely. And I'm a little kid. And before we got started, I was showing you pictures of uh, of uh, prison IDs that I got uh, sent to me in the mail from the Department of Corrections in Massachusetts. And I look at that that kid. And I think about sort of who he was as a person. Right. You talked about adjusting your opinions and I didn't have an opinion on anything. My opinion was whatever you thought it should be. Sure. So that you would like and accept me, right? There was a, there was a, I think it was a Saturday night night live skit where the guy used to say, I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? But that was my life. That was my life, right? When you get started, you talk about having your dad and having this really difficult life and this sort of violent childhood, right? You learn to adapt, yeah, then you spend exactly. your life looking for love and looking for acceptance because you never got it. Yeah. You know, I had eight brothers and sisters. I think we were all just trying to survive. It wasn't... Yeah, it, it was all survival
1: mechanism, right? And then you, you fast forward in my life where where I, I fell heavy into my addiction at the end of age 16, mm. right? So at that point, I began to use to live and to live to use. Um, so... Uh, Everyone had to to not only like me, but in one way, shape, or form, love me because it was a survival mechanism. Simply for the fact that if you told me you loved me, that equated to ten dollars. Mm. I had you, right? You know, so so I I was not to jump into the book show, sure, sure, yeah. but, but my book Dream Seller is titled that for a reason. I sold dreams for a living, right. you know. I. I I produced the results that you wanted under any and all circumstances Wow! for $10, a monetary gain, yep. which equaled a bag of heroin. Mm. You know, so I learned that at a very young age. And it, pro- it came from my father. Right. We walked on eggshells because yeah. he was the nicest guy in the world. But as soon as you know, he would take that bottle, smoke that pipe, sniff that line— you could see the, 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 the change.
0: Yeah, the personality change. Because he was yeah. great.
1: He, Rome was the nicest guy in the world. Everyone loved Rome. But when he didn't come home to make dinner and you heard the key hit the lock at 2.30, yeah. you know, it, it was going to be a problem. Yeah. So so we were always on on pins and needles.
0: Take me back. So you were a professional skateboarder when you were a kid. How old were you when you became a professional skateboarder, when you had sponsors and all that <laughs> stuff?
1: At the age of seven... My sister gave me my first skateboard and that night when my mother put me to bed she said brandon what do you want me to do with the skateboard and i said i want it in bed with me she said why i said because if i die i want it to go with me mm. it, it was it was like god had came down and handed me the holy grail in the form of a skateboard the yeah. moment that board touched my hand i knew i was going to be a professional skateboard mm. there was no reason for a plan b a trait in option schooling it did not matter because a a, a a skill that I possessed at that age, which, which transitioned into my later age that you might be able to relate to, despite any and all adverse consequences that came my way, I did what I had to do to get what I wanted to get. Mm. So from 7 to 15, I ate it, I breathed it, I slept it, I dreamt it. At the age of 14, I was the first skateboarder ever in the world to be endorsed by Gatorade. They're flying me to Chicago where they... Where 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 they made uh, Gatorade at the time in the Quaker Oats, uh, mm. the Quaker Oats place, and and uh, they put me on one treadmill. They put Michael Jordan on a treadmill next to me, and they would strap these EKGs to our chests, and they give us each Gatorade to see the effects that it has on different sports players. At the age of fifteen, I'm I'm designing my pro model for Pal Peralta. I'm touring the world with Tony Hawk. I have a private tutor that flies with. So that's that's those are the ages of 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 kind of when that skateboarding world molded
0: itself mm. so i i had a guy in in for the podcast actually we shot our podcast the same day uh you met him brian abrams mm-hmm. he was yeah, yeah. from the group call me back yep, yep, yep. right and so brian he talked about uh when he was a kid in in the school in high school he was a very big kid very large person and then he lost all the weight became famous And he was out on the road and all these people adored him, but inside he was just this fat kid. Yeah. Like that's what he felt inside. He was just this fat kid. So, you know, it makes me think you're getting all these accolades. You're getting all this attention. Everybody's like, Oh man, look at this kid. And like you said, you're on a treadmill next to Michael Jordan. Yeah. Right. Michael Jordan. Right. You're getting all these, you're getting all these messages that, you are it, man. You're the you're yeah. the man. You're the man. You're the man. But inside, I got to assume it's that 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 feeling that that overwhelming feeling of I don't know sadness. I think at, at that time,
1: yes, but it was undiagnosed, sure, right, uh, unrecognizable. I didn't see it because what I have come to understand now, after doing a lot of work on myself, um, is, is that skateboarding produced for me then. What drugs and alcohol produced for me at a later age, right? Right, like you give me that skateboard at the age Fill the of seven, hole. you 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 put me in a room with the world's yeah. prettiest models. I, I'll not only think that they're waiting for me, I'll believe that they're dying to marry me, right? You know, and escape. I mean, drugs later on produce that same effect. Um, but I, but I had goals, I had dreams, I had aspirations, mm. right? My, my my If you again, if you would ask me at one year what my ha- what my home looked like growing up, I would have said, uh, "If you wouldn't have survived if you grew up in the home." Sure. I, but the reality is, is and, and again, a lot of work, a lot of therapy, uh, a lot of people in place to help me heal mm. um, and, and a spiritual experience. But my father did the best that he could with what he had. Uh, I, I've come to accept it and 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 move on and grow from it. And uh, I actually excelled at everything that I did to prove a point that I would never become my mm. father. So it was like a love-hate yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, sure. Um, my mother... My idol, she, yep. she, you know, nuclear physicist on the board of Mercy Hospital, recently retired after 53 years of gainful employment, second longest employer in Mercy Hospital history. She started off at the age of 15, drawing blood for $5 a pop, a phlebotomist, if you will. Mm-hmm. Literally single mother worked her way up the ladder to become a nuclear physicist on the board of Mercy wow. Hospital. My brother's an attorney in the White House who practices pensions and benefits. My sister helped raise me. I would skateboard in, 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 the, in the hospital's parking garage all day long because my mother didn't want to leave me home with my father because you mm, never knew what he was sure. capable of doing. You know, so I, I live with that cautionary tale. I, 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 in a sense, I knew right from wrong, didn't understand the traumatic experiences that I was suffering from at that age. Now, right, I, I believe that my life is lived forward and learned backwards. And I, I can look back. I, I've been sober long enough now that I can look back and I can recognize the synchronicity in life's events that have led me to the here and now. Mm. And, and with my growth, uh, with my growth, I've gained uh, uh, different perspectives along the way. At first, it was poor me, poor me. Yeah, sure. Now it's like, thank God, it was all God, and, and, and God was in play when I didn't have any idea. Mm. Um, because it's made me the man who I am today, which is a child of God. Beautiful. Um, so I, I was... Doing things that people equated to sex or happiness that some even dreamed of doing. Um, but I believe that my disease was genetically predisposed. My father was an addict. Sure. His father was an addict. I'm the only son by my father. My mm-hmm. brother and sister are by a different man. Right. You know, my my mother, my brother, my sister, they can take a drink and leave it. They could hit a joint if they wanted to leave mm-hmm. it. You know, I, I obsess physically, physically, mentally and and can't wait to get the next one. And everything that I'm going to do revolves around getting that one.
0: <laughs> you know, mm. and
1: you can be in my life if you're about that. Thing. Sure, sure. <laughs> so. If that answers your question. Yeah, we always get all yeah, these rabbit that's holes, That's right. No,
0: let's go down the rabbit holes. <laughs> I love the rabbit holes. So how do you go from professional skateboarder, sure, right, sure. to a young guy, right? What's the transition from that to, like, the Jackass movies. Where, where, how does what's the in? Is there there must be an in between? Yeah, right? there is, and yeah. that,
1: that's what's really weird because my 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 story, my career, if you will, has a lot of had a lot of peaks and valleys, sure. and, and the common theme throughout most of it is addiction. Because we were talking about it a little bit before this, so so from that skateboarding world right now, uh, I can't tell you about the first time I picked up that that needle, that pipe, that that. That bottle, that line, and, and I, I did it, the, and, and I felt like I have arrived. Sure. I have now found the, the feeling I have been looking for my whole life. I have the reason to wake up every day. Mm-hmm. No, skateboarding had already did that for me right. long before. So I can't tell you about the first time I picked up, but what I can tell you about is the first time that, that after I had picked up, someone stepped between me and it and threatened it. Right. I can recall that, like I'm touching this cup. Mm. No, no questions asked, right? So, so with that whole, so it wasn't
0: a problem. <laughs> it wasn't a problem until somebody tried to say you can't do this anymore. Yeah, then it was a, then you
1: realized that's when it, yeah, that's sure. when it became a problem, um, because what that looked like is, as I was on, I was skating for a living, right? Touring with Pal Peralta, and, and we were, we were on this tour, and, and I was with some other skaters and one of the pros by the name of Mike Vallee caught me with some drugs on the tour, and he said, Brandon, get rid of the drugs or, or, or get off the tour. As any good alcoholic, I listen, I, I, I abide, I, I take the drugs, I throw them down the sewer. We finish the demo, we get back to the hotel, I meet a woman at the hotel, she drives me back to the sewer, I fish the <laughs> drugs out. Long story short, I get caught, yep. I get kicked off. Mm. Now, my delusional alcoholic mind, the one that I possess that, that lies to me in my own voice that makes me believe the unbelievable, mm. tells me that the skateboarding world needs me, it cannot go on without me. I am an asset. Right. The reality is the skateboarding world does not need me. It goes on quite fine without me, and I'm a liability. Unfortunately, I'm the last person to come to understand and or recognize that because I possess this job being an alcoholic, and, and this job places me in a lot of positions I don't like to be in, and, and it makes me feel a lot of feelings I don't like to feel, and that job consists of knowing everything, mm. right? Um, so. So now I'm home. Tours are no longer being booked. Flights are no longer being scheduled. Video parts are no longer being produced. Packages are no longer being sent. Because those things require me to have conversations that consist of the words honest, reliable, and dependable. Yep. And as you know, uh, which I didn't at the time do now, that those words and they, they end up in those conversations do not help me get one more. Right. So I avoid them. Unbeknownst to me at the time, now mm. I understand why. Um, and then one day, Tony Hawk calls me. And he said, Brandon, we have one of two options we could do with you. We could put you into treatment. We could save your life. You can continue to be a skater for Powell Peralta, Or you can quit the team. Now from 7 to 15, ate it, breathed it, slept it, dreamt it. I mm. had become it. Um, you know, excelled at it because I was not going to become my father, that alcoholic. Right. I made us subjected to a lot of things. Uh, and now my mentor uh, calls me and you have two options. And I don't have a breath of fresh air in my lungs when I said I quit.
0: Mm. And, and mm.
1: I had worked, if nothing else mattered, and now it's being threatened. My drink, my drug is being threatened, and unbeknownst to me, I don't even have a breath of fresh air in my lungs when I say I quit. Um, so now, you know, my story goes down a whole bunch of different other directions, but sure. but I end up going to my first treatment center at the age of 17, shortly thereafter, um, and I'm in and out of treatment centers, right? I'm in and out of treatment centers because I'm not willing to accept the fact that that, that I can't drink without repercussions, right? right? Like, I, I, I'm an anomaly. There's something yep. different about me. Yep. It, it works for you.
0: I'm Brandon Novak. Yeah, but yeah, I, I just simply <laughs> overreacted. Yeah,
1: sure. You just caught me in a bad time on a bad way in a right, bad right, day. Right. Tomorrow's going to be different, Um and and in doing so, I found myself uh, homeless, living on the streets of Baltimore, you know, city. And, and
0: and how old are you at this point? I'm about
1: eighteenish now. Okay. The, the the disease of addiction has progressed, you know, and and uh, my mother has had no choice but to, sure, you know, remove me from her home and uh, as do anyone else because you tell me you love me, I got you, and, and yep. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get you. Um, and one of these days. Uh, i walk into a skate shop in baltimore and 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 i try to get some money out of the skate shop and they say well we're not going to give any money but the other guy from jackass bam margera my best friend
0: yeah
1: he was at the skate shop the day before doing a demo now him and i had become best friends prior to that through the skateboarding world Mm -hmm. he hadn't blown up yet in the tv world Um, and uh every year we would skate this contest and we were arch enemies, yet yeah, best friends. Sure. Either he'd win or I'd win. We were very consistent skaters, good contest skaters, outside of the box kind of thinkers with tricks. And, and every year, he'd win or I'd win. And one year, I didn't show up for the contest, and he asked another guy by the name of Bucky Lasik, who's from Baltimore. He said, yo, where's Novak? And, and Bucky said, I, I think he's on heroin. Mm. And Bam said, well, what's that? Yeah, age He doesn't even know what that is. Fast forward a few years later, I, I go into the skate shop, try to get a couple bucks. Bam has now you know, flourish, his career is really blossoming. Uh, I believe he put the CKY videos out. He's now made his first million dollars in those right. videos. And and uh, and they said, hey, does Novak ever come in here? And they said, yeah, occasionally he does. And, and he says, here's my number. Uh, leave this for him. And, and if he wants to to get off heroin and, and get his skateboarding career back in order, he can come live with me. Mm. Unbeknownst to me, I go in the next day, try to get $10. They say we're not going to give you any money, but here's Bam's number. If you want to call him. And about a week later, I called him, and that, that was my transition from Baltimore to Pennsylvania. Now, during this time, Bam had had the TV show Viva La Bam. And, uh, and he said, look, you can live here. Uh, you can be on the TV show. You can have one of my cars. You can use a credit card, and, and we'll put you on payroll for the show uh, because I was funny, and I had become, uh, you know, I was a guy from Baltimore who was homeless, selling right. his body for heroin, so I would do anything. Yeah, sure. You know, there was no stunt that was not in my repertoire yeah. because of where I had come from. Anything mm-hmm. was better. And so so I go there, and, and uh, I'm doing really well, And but I, and not, it won't take, right? Like, I can drink, I can do some blow, because that's sociably acceptable, but they say no heroin and no pills. They don't understand the disease right, of addiction. Sure. So... I abide as, as as well as I can until I can't. And then he kicks me out, brings me back and forth. But in between those times it would get really bad. I would come back and and Bam would continue to offer to help me. Sure. Which then Jackass was born. Um and now I'm I'm on this TV show Viva La Bam. I'm I'm ending up in this movie's Jackass. And and on these shows and in these movies, the the more outrageous my behaviors are the more outlandish uh i become the higher the ratings go which means the more demand Mm. i'm in equals the higher salary right right so it's really an alcoholic's dream and uh and i do well at it i do really good because like i don't really care about much It's, it's fueling the fire for my disease Uh, and it's, it's, I'm known for being that guy, Novak, who doesn't care about anything and does what he wants when he wants. Right. And what's the, what's the, the core of our disease, selfish Mm. and self-centered. Yeah, yeah, sure. (laughs) You know, I have arrived in this world that completely enables and also uh, almost like condones my behaviors because it produces
0: the kind of results that sell. Right. So they see you, you're basically killing yourself, mm-hmm. but because there's ratings, mm-hmm. right? And because people are able to eat off your work. Correct. Because right, somebody got to get in front of that camera and do what gets done. Um, they're just going along with the program. It's they're fine cool. with it. There's nobody, nobody, you know, I've watched a lot of people in very sort of high profile positions. Um, just like people can't say anything to them. It's not even about it's not even like the PA or even the even the the director or anybody else really can't say anything to you. Right. Because if you go away. Right. Or if everybody whatever if everybody that's doing the stuff that you guys are doing to make this show so popular don't do their jobs, then they don't have a job. Sure. And
1: again, with the with the role that I found myself in, the more outrageous my behaviors are, the more outlandish my antics become, the more in demand I am, the higher the ratings go. Yeah. Um, sex sells, porn yep. is great, you know what I mean? So you see this, not great, but I'm just saying, yeah, sure. you know, a, a porn video does well because yeah. it's very graphic description of what sells, which right. is sex. Just a, a, a weird thing that sure, I Sure, yeah. But um, so, you know, but I keep going to these meetings, I keep going to these treatment centers, um, and, and these people at these meetings And these people in these treatment centers Tell me that my life is unmanageable mm. And I believe that my life is unmanageable Because I can't keep a needle out of my arm yep. But I, I, I'm so delusional That I could have swore That someone told me Social acceptability equals personal recovery mm. right? Because everything mm-hmm. is still external yep. So as long as the home is big enough The woman is pretty enough The car is new enough And the account is high enough I have to be doing well Right. pair with the fact now i've been diagnosed in one of the umpteenth treatment centers that i've been to as an addict or an alcoholic right and and when i've been diagnosed as that what, what i'm about to say is not debatable and i know okay. you will agree sure.